swingy lamps. That's what he gonna do. Embarrassing. Buckle up, Big MX fans, because it's time to arm yourself. That's right, it's time for the Arma Energy Racing Update. Through this series of podcasts, we're going to be talking to all of the members of the Arma Energy Racing Team. The Albertsons, Jimmy Sloan, the Freckle, Mitchell Oldenburg, and heck, we'll probably get the truck driver on at some point. This is everything to do with Arma Energy Racing. So sit down, strap in, and get ready to live the Arma life. Welcome to the Arma Energy Update. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt, and with me on the line, we've got Jimmy Albertson, the star rider and uh, basically team manager of Arma Energy Racing. How's it going, Jimmy? Finally getting to feeling good and getting back into a little bit of a routine myself, and then Georgia just had to have her wisdom teeth taken out, and she's got to kind of be in recovery mode for throughout the season, because wisdom teeth to a presenter, I guess, is kind of like <laughs> breaking around for a motocrosser. She needs to know. She needs to be able to talk right. So um, no, she's she's fine though. I mean, it's her third day out of you know getting them pulled, and she's doing good. She's doing real good. So everything's going right along. Excellent. So um, was the the idea of her getting her wisdom teeth out that somehow she'd some she'd lose that uh, English accent? It was that the the idea behind that or? Yeah, no, it was more like her parents paid a lot of money for her dental work, and they were starting to push her teeth crooked. So it was like, you know, let's get these damn things out of her mouth. No kidding. But, um, you can't be on no, TV with sure. crooked jibs. Exactly. Can't lose that smile. 100%. So uh, make the so money. You are now, I believe, four weeks out of uh, bilateral shoulder surgery. Uh, I've had a similar pro- um, similar procedure done for myself. Uh, you seem to be uh, up and moving around and slingless a lot faster than I was. Uh, Jimmy, what's your secret? Who did your surgery? What got done uh, to uh, basically uh, make you the bionic bilateral man? Yeah, you know, I think it's just all my surgeon, um, really. I mean, he's, I'm not, I'm following doctor's orders right now, which is weird because I've went to other doctors and and had the uh, surgery, you know, basically, basically uh, had them uh, evaluate my shoulder, and they were telling me what it was going to take. And most of them were, yeah, like like most doctors were saying, two weeks in a sling and not moving, no movement and stuff like that. And um, which that was fine. But then I got a tip from Robbie Raynard, who's had multiple shoulder surgeries. And the last person that he had gone to see was um, this Dr. Burkhead down in Dallas. So I got hooked up with him. And, you know, at first he told me six months um, with what what he could see. It was really hard for him to see in the MRI what was going on because of basically with all the metal work in my collarbone, MRIs don't come out very clear um, and x-rays don't. So, um, you know, he he really kind of didn't know what he was getting into. He told me six months and after surgery and went into my two week checkup and he goes, well, I tell you what, everything looks good and looks like, you know, you'll be able to get back on the bike in about two and a half more months. So (laughs) I was kind of like shocked because I'd already told myself that I wasn't going to be riding for another, you know, I I wasn't going to be riding for another basically six months. Half a year. Yeah. 
Yeah, so to to get that news was awesome. I was completely stoked, and I'm pumped still this day. And my shoulders are doing great right now. I really don't have, I don't ha- I don't take pain medicine anymore or anything like that. So it's it's good. That's excellent. No, I had uh, left shoulder go out a bunch. Um, surgery basically just tied that thing up nice and tight. Right shoulder started to go, and that thing was so loose, it would pop out in my sleep. I think you had something similar. In fact, three weeks in a row, you had uh, some shoulder dislocations, and once they go out, like it, it can happen out of nothing. Just a funny movement, uh, whether the bike gets pulled away from you or a, a fall where you put your hand out. And then uh, the last one was a rather spectacular crash. Uh, I believe that was that Indy, uh, where you uh, hit the deck pretty hard, and uh, the shoulder had a harder time going back in than regular uh tell us a little bit about your your travels with the shoulder injuries and now how you feel after seven years of not having healthy shoulders now having some uh some some well-oiled joints well yeah i mean my left shoulder right now shoot it it feels it feels better than it did before surgery which was which was really really awesome um you know to have that quick recovery my right shoulder is it's pretty sore still um because i had so many repairs in my rotator cuff and they had to um, fix that and um and then i also had a um tear in my in my clavicle ligament um that they had to go in and fix so i had quite a bit of work done my surgery almost lasted five hours so wow and i had to stay the night over the hospital obviously when any surgery goes on for that long they make you stay overnight and it was a, it was definitely a procedure and it was, um, you know, it was tough, but the way I've rebounded off, it's been crazy. But like you're saying with shoulder dislocations, I mean, I don't think people understand, like people all the time will say, oh yeah, well, I dislocated my shoulder or my shoulder came out or whatever. And I say, well, how'd you, you know, how'd you get it back in? Oh, well, it just, it went out and went back in. I'm like, no, nah, well, it did not. When I dislocate my shoulder, I'm, putting it back in or having the flagger next to me or somebody helped me yank on it to try to get it back in. And, you know, shoot, I mean, I've probably, I've between my right and my left shoulder probably dislocated 25 different times and, you know, within the span of a, within a, within a six year span. So, um, it was just time to get them both fixed. I mean, I knew my labrums were torn in both of them and the doctor told me that the labrums weren't able to be fixed because they were, torn up so bad so that's why we went with the block surgery which is like a bone graft and they uh they basically build little lips on the underneath your armpit so your shoulders stay in socket which replaces my labrum which um which that worked out really good i mean there's that part of the surgery went awesome um but like you're saying again like i mean when it's coming out and you're not even crashing it's just dangerous. I mean, at that point, and it got to the point, you know, they won't let you continue on if you, if your shoulder dislocates. So my shoulder come out of socket and I'd have to go into the mechanics area and they wouldn't even let the doctors help me put it back in because of AMA rules. So it'd just be me and my brother getting my shoulder back in. And it's like, which is fine because I feel like my brother knows how to do it now better than, you know, better than, um, better than the doctors do yeah oh totally um, you know so so i went in the mechanics area in atlanta got my shoulder put back in and went back out and then i set the fastest lap time in practice but 
in my group. So <laughs> it's like, you know, you get used to it. And it's like people all the time are like, oh, man, that's so gnarly. I dislocated my shoulder once and went in for surgery. And, and I can't believe you can go back out of ride. But what people don't realize is after about the fifth time you've done it, you, you've become immune to it. Your shoulder's already stretched out and those, that initial rip of the ligaments and stretch of the ligaments is gone so it just it's floppy it comes in and out when you run it, it you can feel it move around in the socket it's just it's just not good so um you know people who the first time i dislocated i can remember man it hurt and it took a good six weeks until i could start moving my shoulder around and even you know really yeah. ride so you know from from now like for now, like I got everything tightened back over my shoulder. I'll be able to be normal in the gym again. I can remember before all my shoulder injuries, being able to pump out 15, 20 pull-ups. And now I'm lucky to be able to do three, you know? So it's going to be good to get back to good upper body strength. And um, I think it's just going to help my program out. I mean, I was kind of stuck being a 15th to 20th place guy every weekend, I felt like. And not being able to practice during the week because of my shoulders or not being able to work upper body was, it was a big deal. And I think that that I looked at what I needed to do and having the team and having Mitchell and me being able to still do stuff and keep going. It was the next step in my career to make myself better. And then, so I just, I pulled the trigger on it. For sure. I got to feel like right now is kind of almost the best possible situation for you to be in for this to get fixed. Now you've got the, the team, you can mentor uh, Mitchell, uh, you can basically pour all of your knowledge over him because uh, like I said to, uh, to I, I think I said it to you in person at, uh, at Anaheim too, I can't think of too many guys that have as much uh, experience from different areas to draw from, whether it be uh, getting, getting a ride at Factory Honda, off of uh, a privateer ride in 2007 to riding overseas, doing the whole privateer thing, working with Jimmy Sloan to develop this team. Uh, well-rounded individual, well-rounded athlete, and uh, a lot to offer the young athletes. Uh, and I believe that's something you're doing uh, at the top of this hour. Yeah, you know, and it's this is my first, you know, dip into starting teams. You know, I helped start um, Valley Racing back in 2009. A lot of people don't know about, um, but that was kind of, you know, my whole doing with getting together with Chad Lands and doing that. Right. And obviously Chris Crossan last year, um, you know, Crossan Racing, we started that whole thing, and I was the 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 one behind that, and you know, which was kind of a shame because we put that program together, and everybody thought it was just kind of a Jimmy Albertson racing deal, but you know, we were wanting to build that team into to. People didn't look at it as Jimmy Albertson racing. They looked at it as Crossland racing. And, it, you know, having one rider and, and not, you know, him not wanting to put the budget in to get two kind of, I think, hurt the team. So going into this next year, this this year with uh, with Jimmy and, and starting this new project with him, I really wanted to make sure that we had a couple guys so we were, we were established as a team and not just a rider's racing effort. And um, I think we've completely, you know, I think we've completely – made that apparent i mean people look at us as a team we got a full staff and you know mitchell's a hell of a rider and we're stoked on him and everything's you know moving along going great so 
you know, yeah, I've been around, I've been overseas, I've done that deal, I've, I've you know, I've even raced off-road for a while, for a little bit, I've raced arena cross, I've raced, you know, I've raced just about everything there is to race on a dirt bike, so um, I do got quite a bit of experience on that, and, and it's just, I feel like I got a lot of knowledge to put towards a team, and I'm so pumped that I got in, ended up getting hooked, with, hooked up with Jimmy Spawn and Arm Energy, because you know, we kind of got, we basically got the same outlook on marketing and, and the way things, the way things we think, you know, should be ran. So it, it's just been a really good connection. 100%. Uh, seems like you guys are working in harmony. All things are moving towards one common goal. And uh, when people work together that have experience, that have uh, a common goal, things get done really quickly. And uh, it seems like this thing went from zero to 60. And uh, in fact, in 30 minutes of conversation that uh, Jimmy Sloan had, had talked to me about, it, that basically that uh, you were a great salesman, basically said that uh, this is the platform I want to do. Um, I, I, as far as a second rider, I think Mitchell Oldenburg would be the perfect fit. Can we make this happen? And uh, he fell in love with the idea, and big bobby boom we've got a, a Yamaha team uh, that uh, is really making some noise. You guys get a ton of uh, coverage on the TV broadcast. Um, they like that. Every single broadcast, I hear the team name getting uh, said over the airwaves. Uh, you guys get a ton of airplay, whether it be on the camera, and then your social media is on point as well. Um, how do all those things come together to make a nice package for you to uh, develop this team? Yeah, you know, it's just it's good because, like I was saying before, um, Jim. I, I feel like me and Jimmy Sloan are cut from the same, you know, definitely cut from the same, you know, line. We're just we we think a lot alike. We we um, like to market the same way and everything like that. I think that's just why the connection came up really good, and we've done a really good job with exposure on the team and and let, just basically letting everybody know that you know we're going to be here around for a while. And you know, shoot, the team didn't get started until we didn't even play around with the idea of starting the team until I think November was it. So to rush into supercross season so fast and trying to pull stuff together was hard, but we did shoot for, I say having two months to prepare for supercross season, we did a hell of a job. And now that we got all this time to prepare for next year, I truly believe that, um, you know, if people thought our program was good this year, just wait till next year because it's going to be even to that next level. So, you know, we're all excited um, we're looking to get Mitchell signed up for next year here soon and get him another contract leading into um, 2016 and, you know, basically, you know, possibly adding another lights rider as well. So um, we're looking on, on growing the program and, and just making the best out of it. Growth is a great thing, and that's great to hear. Uh, what's the dynamic between you and Mitchell uh, at the practice track? I imagine that you play the role of a mentor, but uh, at the same time, the two of you, as far as lap times go, at times can be quite similar. Uh, do you guys play a little bit of cat and mouse out there? Uh, he start ahead of you, and you, you run him down, or vice versa? Yeah, my, yeah. Sometimes, sometimes it's like that, and it's like, okay, I'll let. I'll let Mitchell go first and I'll hunt him down and I let him go first and he pulls away from me. So it's like, you never <laughs> know on any given day, one of us could be better than the other. Um, usually when it comes to lap time to lap time, I, I can pretty much handle Mitchell every time. But if it comes to a moto, man, Mitchell can, Mitchell usually peaks at about, I don't know, about 
lap eight to ten. So, um, you know, he's a motor, um, and I like that part about him. So as far as that goes, like, shoot, I mean, me and him, I would – he's got different strengths than I do, and, um, you know, I've got – he's got different weaknesses, you know, than I have too. You know, I feel like I can help him out in a lot of areas. So, I mean, it works out good. I try now. I try to go to the track and kind of tell Mitchell what I see, and 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 I never get in his face on stuff or tell him he has to do this because, guess what? The reason why we hired him is because we believe in him and we believe in the what he's doing is working. So I don't really want to change stuff too much, but there are certain things that I believe deep down is going to help him. I'm going to come out and say like, hey, look, we need to do this, and. There's no if out ands or buts about it. This is what needs to be done. But luckily, you know, Mitchell's such a good kid that he knows that we're all in it for his best interest too. So he's just, you know, he's just right along, you know, for the ride on on stuff like that. So it's been good. I love working with Mitchell. He's fun to watch ride. He's like I said, he's he's easy to work with because he wants to do it and he wants to be the best. So if he if if you know if I'm sitting there telling him, hey man. You know, this is this is what Trey does, or this is what I see people do, and this is what I do at work. You know, let's try this, then he's down for it. That's cool, man. Um, tell us a little bit about riding the 250 on the in the 450 class. Whose idea was that, um, and uh, how did you do? You feel that uh, he was able to compete uh, on the smaller machine? Uh, I gotta feel like. In that sense, he's a lot more comfortable on his bike, his race bike, and is consistent regardless of what class he is. Obviously, on the start, it gets eaten up a little bit, but uh, lap times-wise, we've proven that uh, the 250s know how to hang out there. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. He, um, he for sure, he for sure did really well on that 250 out there. But what people don't know is Mitchell's been hurt for since basically Anaheim or not Anaheim, since Atlanta too, when he had that massive concussion, you know, he went okay. out there in free practice, set the fastest lap time in practice and free practice over Musk and everybody. And we're just freaking pumped and everybody's just going crazy and stoked. And then the next practice he goes out and knocks himself out in the whoop. So, um, you know, we were quite bummed on that. Um, the next weekend he goes out and he tweaks his wrist. You know, he, he raced the next weekend without riding at Daytona, went out and got, I think he got an eighth or ninth, which eighth was great. Eighth place, you know, yeah. top, a top 10 after having a concussion and not riding all week is great. Mm-hmm. And then the next weekend after that, he didn't ride that next week because his head was still kind of bothering him. And the next weekend he goes down and, and hurts his wrist pretty bad in practice at Detroit, but still salvages a sixth place, you know? So, you know, it's, he, I mean, literally I can count on before Houston, I could count on one hand how many times he had practiced in the last month, you know, and yeah. you just can't do that and be at the top of your game, um, which is tough. He's had a lot of big get offs this year. So going in, we weren't even sure I was, I gave him the option. I mean, I didn't really expect him to want to even ride on Houston because I knew he'd been sore and hadn't been riding much, but he got some decent riding in before Houston and he really wanted to ride the 450. But, um, for us, we were like, man, we just don't need another variable. And I'd hate to throw him on a 450 that he hadn't been on and him get hurt on it. So we just kept him on what he was used to. And, um, it ended up working out great. He looked, he looked great out there. 
there was definitely a couple stuff that I feel like if he was a hundred percent that he would have hopped all over. Like there was one tricky rhythm section that he jumped a couple times in practice, but kind of sprained his wrist coming up short. So I just told him, Hey man, leave that thing alone and just do what you can do. And we don't want to take any chances out there. So he didn't do that. And, you know, I really felt like he could have been 12th place. 14th was yeah. great, you know, but I felt like he could have definitely been up a couple more spots, but man, we're still just pumped with him, And we're pumped about being the first 250 F ever to make a, a 450 main. And, you know, our Yamaha, you know, done by merge racing is just freaking awesome. You know, I, I mean, I couldn't, we couldn't ask for a better 250. So it works out good. Right on. Uh, have you swung a leg over one of those things uh, before your injury to uh, see what those things are all about? All, I, all I've heard about the Yamaha 250Fs is those things rip. Yeah, they're awesome. I actually raced the stock one at a little arena cross before the season started. Oh, yeah, that's right. And and did good on that. Um, I won every moto on it. And then um, I rode Mitchell's kind of like stage two bike, I guess I would say. Not quite as, you know, it's it was like his practice bike kind yep. of not really the, the gnarly setting we got but um man i loved it i hopped right on it was able to pop pop rhythm section triple super easy get over the whoops and i gelled right away to it and i just kind of told you know, i told uh jim like man if if we could if i could race 250s again you know this is a i it was the first time that i hopped on 250 and felt like shoot i could i could race a 250 f class again and not have a problem you know so um, the bike's awesome. We're stoked with it. Solid. Uh, last question before I let you go. Um, I know it was a long, drawn-out process interviewing mechanics for the team. Uh, There's a lot of people that put in their resumes. There's a lot of interest. Uh, and you had to say no to a lot of good people. Uh, how did you end up giving the job to Greg Albertson? I know he's not the best. He's um, <laughs> kind of a... Like he's kind of a scatterbrain, you know, he's going to have a couple of bolts loose, but, uh, what made you put some, uh, some confidence in, uh, this, this guy named Greg Albertson? Well, yeah, I mean, obviously he's my brother and oh, yeah, right, over of the years. There you go. he's a, Nepotism. he's a, he's a hard worker. I mean, at sometimes he's too hard of a worker. Um, and he kind of, you know, puts a little bit too much emotion into it. I think, um, we love it. No, but you know, it's, it's all good. You know, he works his ass off and that's all you can really ask for a mechanic. He's one of those guys that if he's bored, he doesn't go home and watch TV. He goes out and tries to figure out something out else to fix on the bike or to do to the bike or to make better. And, um, you know, he's, he's always hustling. So, I mean, that's what we are looking for. And it's hard to find mechanics like that, man. It's just, they, they're a dime a dozen. I mean, or not a diamond dozen. <laughs> I mean, they're they're just very hard to find. They're no, that's huge. running backs in the NFL or diamond dozen. No, we're talking like one in a million. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I mean, he's he's freaking he's awesome. You know, we we couldn't be any more stoked with him. And you know, going into the next year, you know, with me being out, we just got one mechanic right now. Going into the next year, we'll be we'll be hiring another mechanic, and and um, you know, just kind of you know, we're really gonna really going to be trying hard to find somebody who just wants to put their heart and soul into it. And, and not that our last guy wasn't, but just somebody who's willing to just drop everything that they're doing, um, you know, to move wherever he needs to move to get the job done. You know? 
Awesome, man. Uh, well, sorry, go ahead. No, you're there. Breaking up a little bit there. Okay, solid. Uh, so, I like one of the one of the most recent things that uh, Greg's done for the team is um, dress up one of your uh, your race bikes to be sold. Uh, I understand that uh, one of your like your the either a practice bike or one of your your bikes is uh, is up for sale. Uh, how do people get in touch with you uh, or in touch with the team to uh, to purchase that machine if they're uh, interested? Or is it gone already? Yeah, I mean, it's that bike sold within 15 minutes of posting Perfect. It. But, um, you know, they sell quick. I mean, they're good bikes. They're looked over by top-notch mechanics, and everything's clean and ready to go on them. So, you know, uh, we are going to be selling a few more bikes, a couple 250s and a 450. So um, if anybody's interested, they're not ready to go yet. But if anybody's interested in a team bike, you just email me at topjimmy702 at gmail.com and um you know you guys you guys are more than welcome to have a have you know get a hold of one of these bikes i mean they're they're great bikes you know they've been gone through they all got you know the 250f especially the 250f that we sell on our their rocket ships so they'd be a good bike for somebody Solid, man. Well, uh, hopefully we'll see you on uh, on a motorcycle uh, sooner than later. Uh, any chance that we're going to see Ronnie Mack ride a 450 for your team in 2015 on the 450? Uh, definitely oh, not a 450. He's not a four-stroke guy. But uh, that's right. Okay. M- you know, we'll try to talk him into maybe a YZ250 might be nice. Fair enough. Uh, well, uh, Oldenburg's going to be on the 450 Outdoors. Uh, we're going to catch up with him, uh, I believe, next week for the Arma Energy Update. Um, on behalf of myself, thank you so much for giving me some time today to uh, just run down all things Jimmy Albertson and Arma Energy Racing. Awesome, man. Well, thank you, and um, we'll talk later. Boom. That's it. Uh, that's the Arma Energy Update for this week, guys. Uh, go check out Arma Energy Racing on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, you name it. Go check those guys out. Uh, Follow them and uh, support all things Arma Energy Racing. Thanks to Jimmy Sloan for putting all this together. Uh, Arm yourselves.